I better help that customer. I better make some money. So I'm going to run the car exactly the same if it was 8 a.m. in the morning. You know, so it's just the little things that nobody likes to do. You got to have consistency on it. And I guarantee you, you'll win. And I always say this, you know, without discipline, you, you will never start. And without consistency, you will never finish. So you got to have both. You have to have, to have all three, but mainly discipline and consistency. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you one more time and finally on some high quality mics. So apologize for some previous technical difficulties, but we're back in it and hopefully it is sounding great. And if not, too bad because it's still our voices and we can't make anything about that. So the best we can do is give you high quality audio and high quality guests. And none other than Mr. Mario Martinez is going to be joining us today, Vice President of Service Minds, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, out of the southeastern portion of the country. And he is going to be talking to us about the three keys of running a successful call. It's going to be good stuff. But of course, before we do that, Brian and I are going to spend a little time ourselves. And we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. Genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. Thomas Edison. Uh, good old Thomas Edison. So uh, there's a man who knew plenty about perspiration. Uh, if I recall, he tried well over thousands of different elements to get the best one for a light bulb. Yeah, it was, uh, what do you say? He tried a thousand different ways to get it, and a reporter or a journalist asked him, you failed 999 times, what made you keep going? And he said, I didn't fail at all. I just found 999 ways it wouldn't work. Yeah, right. Right. Which could be another quote for this episode, but 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration, sweat. It's It's work. And Mario and I talk often, don't see each other as much as we'd like, usually a couple times a year. But we we have kind of been on the journey together in leadership. He may have, have become a manager like a year before I did. And we've, we've really uh, been on this journey together. And this is our third, I believe our third time trying to get him on. He um, maybe didn't book the first time, second time booked and had to reschedule. And then this time said, uh, you know, we took a little shot at him a couple of weeks ago. Remember what episode that was? But we, a few weeks ago, we took a shot at him and said, uh, we don't mention that name on this show because he hasn't come come on yet. And then he called me while I was driving here the other day and and uh, apologized and said, let's, let's make it happen. So I'm like, well, we got an opening this week, my man. Is, is that how that works? Because we could we could call out a couple other people like... I mean, Joe Rogan, you know, we've tried to schedule yeah. him like 15 Forget times. the name we don't mention on this show because he won't come on here. Uh, Jocko yeah. Willing. David yeah. Goggins. Jocko. <laughs> Elon. <laughs> Freaking Jordan <laughs> Peterson. Last time I say his name. I <laughs> uh, can't wait for the bookings to come in here next week. It's going to yeah, be Yeah, finally. They're all going to call my cell while I'm driving. It's going to be great. <laughs> What's going to be great is the topic today, which is three keys to running a successful call or making sure that you're making the most of every call. And uh, it, it's a good time. It's a good time to be focusing on that and making sure that those keys are keys that you're applying. Yeah. And that's one thing Mario and I always talk about is like where the quote came from is like doing the work, like busting your butt, be it in in a truck or in a leadership role. It is it's more common than not that a person gets into a leadership role, at least in this in the skilled trades, but probably in general, and they finally get there and it is time to relax. I made it, baby. It's time to chill. And the learning stops and the growing stops. The audiobooks stop. The music gets put on. The the hands get folded or the fingers get interlocked behind the head, so to speak. And he's never been one to do that, man. He's he's a he's a mover and a shaker and 
keeps me motivated. And he's also super gracious and super helpful. You and I have had multiple uh, FaceTime chats with him where he's helped walk us through things and he's always giving of his time and and really is he's he's one of those guys that would help a competitor if asked like he's just giving so i'm very stoked about finally having him on the show he has pretty severe thunderstorms uh in florida where he's at right now so i'm not 100 percent on how great the quality on his end is going to be but let me tell you some podcast audience waste no dares Whatever you call, whatever we call you, I don't care. <laughs> we gotta get him on here because he has not been easy to nail down for a podcast interview. So we're running with it. Yeah, man, he's he's a good guy, and I'm I'm excited about what he's going to be talking about today. Uh, he has a ton of experience, not only as a plumber in the field, uh, but he has been in a wide variety of leadership positions, and currently sits as the vice president of Benjamin Franklin uh, Service Mines out of Florida right now. So he's got plenty to give. And it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great show um, because I, I know he's going to give of himself on this like he always does. And he's going to he's probably put some really good stuff together because he's a worker like he's going to he's going to grind even when it means getting ready to do a podcast interview. And he I, I was, um, you know, I go back from time. We're just going to make this the Brian Tracy podcast that he's not actually on at some point as much as I talk about Brian Tracy. But he is. He's the single person that I've spent the most time studying and audiobooks I've listened to the most and and even some real books that I've read over the years, you know, when when it was difficult to find audible stuff in the early 2000s. And he has this formula called the 40 plus formula. And it pertains to to the, you know, 99% perspiration quote where he talks about it's it's the 40 plus formula. The 40 hours a week that you work is to survive. Every hour you work after that is for your growth, development, and future. So that means, and and he doesn't necessarily mean the number of hours per se, but like whatever the company requires of you. So if you're in an organization where, you know, maybe we're about to hit the shoulder season in the HVAC world, so maybe you're going to get down to 36 hours. That 36 hours is what you work to survive. Every hour you put in after that, be it at work or um, into personal development and growing and reading and listening to, to books and podcasts and role playing on your time, every hour you spend after that is going to determine how far you go in life. I don't just mean financially, although, you know, that's the, the main focus of this show, but I do mean in all aspects of your personal development, but we'll keep it at the finance, financial world, every hour you put into yourself after that is your growth and your development. And like what you're learning on the job is good. But when you study yourself outside of the job, be it your sales, be it your technical ability, whatever you do, that aspect of it, you learn so much more, so much faster in in that part than you do actually on the job. So it's like compounded. So Brian uh, said that they did a survey on self-made millionaires, not meaning like they had no team or whatever, but self-made meaning they didn't come from anything and nothing was given given to them. The average self-made millionaire, average across all platforms, however they made their money, works 59 hours a week. So how many are you working? And again, don't just mean punching in, punching out. I mean, how many hours outside of the 40 or whatever you work at work are you dedicating to put into yourself after work? That's the extra. That's where the other 19 a week needs to come from if you're really planning on making it big. Great stuff there, Brian. And that's absolutely more of what we want to hear from you, from our guests, and from all future podcasts here. But for right now, it's time for that special time, which is the review of the week. Brian, who are we looking at today? Killer Contractor Podcast. Five stars. Waste No Day provides tremendous value to me personally. When I want to hear from industry experts and leaders, I listen to Brian and Nate drop industry knowledge with the best in the business. I can't say enough about these guys. I look forward to the podcast every time I see it drop on my feed. Keep it up, gentlemen. Sales CEO. 
Oh, the CEO of sales has reviewed the podcast. I didn't know the sales game had a CEO, but now I'm uh, mildly offended that I'm not even in the, I wasn't even interviewed. I didn't even get to interview for it. You're the, uh, the executive <laughs> vice president of sales. Executive VP. All right. I'll take that. Is that above yeah. or below the CEO? That's going to be below the CEO. Huh? I'll let the CEO tell you about that. So my boss just left us a, an awesome review. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Yo, thank you, sales CEO. Appreciate uh, appreciate you listening to the show and downloading it every week because uh, the downloads are the scorecard, right? So when you download some episodes, that tallies up for the week and we get to see that. When... Um, you get friends and family members to download some episodes and give them a listen. That's the scorecard. The probably the more important scorecard is what the sales CEO also did here, uh, which means a tremendous amount to Nate and me, which is actually take the time to scroll down on Apple podcasts and write a review about what the show means to you. If you're not on Apple, go to Spotify, just click the five stars. We appreciate that too. A lot of people, Maybe I should shout their names out one day, but a lot of people hit the uh, Spotify five stars and then just shoot me a Facebook message and say, hey, I don't listen on Apple, but I wanted you to see that I got a, I, I did a Spotify review. So we appreciate you guys too. But if you Absolutely. don't want to, if you don't want to do anything, but just listen and consume and give nothing back whatsoever. We still love you, man. And we appreciate your time. Absolutely. We appreciate that sales CEO. And like Brian said, if uh, you appreciate what you're hearing here, make sure that you give us a shout out. We'd sure love to hear it. For now, though, it's time to hear from our main man, Mario Martinez, and it's time to put him in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Mario Martinez. His career at Benjamin Franklin Plumbing began in 2005 when he joined as a senior plumbing technician. He quickly rose through the ranks, starting with the leadership team as field supervisor and ending up as operations manager. In 2019, he was promoted again to COO of Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and One Hour Air Conditioning. In this position, he oversaw the day-to-day operations of all departments, totaling more than 95 team members. During his tenure, he's helped the company achieve growth by leading it through a number of challenges, operational upgrades, business transformations, and turnarounds. And he's accomplished this by applying a disciplined approach to organizational strategy, execution, value creation, and most importantly, the nurturing of our company culture and team development. As a result, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and One Hour Air has become one of the leading residential home services companies in the Tampa Bay area. That said, he has to acknowledge the talented team that he has been an honor. That said, he has to acknowledge the talented team that has been an honor for him to lead. And now he is yet again promoted to now the vice president of Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Service Mines, which services the Florida area and portions of Alabama and Georgia. During his free time, he enjoys spending time with his wife and his son and their two dogs and also enjoys the occasional golf, sports, reading, or simply spending time with friends. Welcome to the show, Mario. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't resist after that comment on the last show. <laughs> what do you mean you couldn't resist? You've resisted how many times now? <laughs> we've. Uh, this is what the third episode we set up. No, it's the, it's the second. The second. The first. It's the third. And the third. And the first one that Mario didn't reschedule. We appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> Maybe the first one he said, yes, I'll do it, and then never got around to it. Maybe, maybe. The second one we we scheduled, and then he said he had to reschedule. And Yeah, I know how it goes, buddy. It's all right. We're glad to have you on now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mario, it's it's good to have you on the show, man, and we are glad, despite how long it took you to get here, but we are glad to have you on. And we're excited to talk to you about the, the cool things that you're doing in the plumbing industry in Florida. But of course, we always like to hear a little bit about uh, our guests, their background. So how did you get into the trades? When did you start? What did your upbringing look like? Uh, did you grow up in Florida? Kind of give us the uh, the story tour there. Yeah, um, sure. I'm, uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts, Springfield. Um, a little bit after um, I was like seven, seven years old, somewhere around there, we, mo- um, we moved to Puerto Rico um, for about 10 years. Um, then after that, I, we moved back home, um, to Springfield max. 
Um, I'm a third generation plumber. Um, so I've been doing plumbing pretty much all my life. Uh, uh, loved doing plumbing all my life since I was a kid. Um, grew up um, doing plumbing with my grandfather mainly, um, going, you know, doing service call, doing commercial jobs, doing industrial jobs. Um, so shortly after. Um, in Massachusetts. Um, in Massachusetts, yeah. Yes, that's correct. So a little bit after, years later, um, I went to college. Uh, I, uh, I went for criminal justice. I got a bachelor in criminal justice. Um, um, but um, it, it wasn't quite um, what I wanted to do. So I, I had an opportunity to go back and work with my grandfather, work um, with him for many years. Then after that, I had an opportunity to move to Florida. Um, I moved to Florida on, on spent eight, 18, 19 years ago. Um, and ever since, um, I've, I've been here in Florida, of course. You know, first I worked for a company named Tom Shell Plumbing. Um, and I learned a lot from from him about the, the Florida way of doing plumbing. It's totally different than up north. You know, up north, you know, plumbers got to be journeyman plumbers and you got to uh, be licensed and things like that. In Florida, you don't need you don't need any of that. So it's surprising, you know, the type of the plumbing they use and, and, and the type how, how they do plumbing down here is totally different. Um, nevertheless, I had a great relationship with the owner and the owner knew Scott Vigu down here in Florida. Um, that's, um, 18 years ago. Um, so he drove me personally to Scott, Scott's office that then and introduced me to him. And, you know, my journey with Benjamin Franklin started there 18 years ago. Awesome. So you, and you ended up becoming GM for Scott Vigu. So you started as a plumber there and then worked your way up. Yes. Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, I started as a plumber there, um, um, for about six months, six months later or so, I became a field supervisor for Scott. Um, shortly after, um, I got the opportunity of, of becoming the service manager, um, then the operations manager. Then um, um, I got the opportunity to be the operations manager for both um, Ben Franklin and One Hour, which I did for um, quite a few years. Um, then after that, um, I got the opportunity to become his um, general manager uh, for both, uh, for one hour and Ben, and then his um, COO um, shortly after. So I've been through every phase of, of, of the company, every 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 um, leadership um, position, um, which has been a great journey in my, uh, you know, the, the knowledge that I learned, um, um, so many people that I've met, that I've learned from it. Um, so, so yeah. All right. We'll be honest. Which is better turning wrenches in the truck or sitting behind the desk? i tell you, you know, one, um, is you always miss, you know, once you're a plumber, you're always a plumber, you know? So I always love to go visit jobs. And, and once I go visit jobs and you know, I'm working with the guys, so I love doing that. Um, behind the desk. Um, I like troubleshooting stuff. I like, um, on challenges, you know, I love, um, um, taking things apart and putting it back together and you can do that on both both sides you know that's the beauty of it right um so i like both honestly uh, i truly do i love the office side i love the challenges i love helping others um training others developing leaders um and i and, and i love teaching the technical part as well yeah, and I'm sure you have plenty of opportunity to do that because uh, just a few years ago, Vigu was bought out or acquired by Service Mines, uh, which expanded your territory from the Tampa local region to the entire state of Florida and beyond. Is that right? That is correct. Great opportunity. Um, um, Scott Vigu, you know, um, uh, I respect the guy so much. I learned so much from him. He's a, a an, ama an amazing mentor to me, an amazing leader. Um, but um, you know, he he had the opportunity to um, to sell out, and um, um, he did, and and that opened the doors for not just for me, for my team. You know, the team that I had um, opened the door for every single one of them to spend and uh, and, and grow. You know, when you small like that. Um, uh, even though that we were doing close to $30 million between both um, Ben and one hour, um, you small, it's so, so far that you can go. Right. 
you know, and, and, and same thing with your team, you know, you know, you can always grow with knowledge and, and things like that. But as far as it's giving um, um, the position opportunity for growth, you're limited. Um, so with service mind, that gives us the, the opportunity to 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 move up, you know, to continue to grow and give others the opportunity to grow and 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 continue, you know, this journey of, of becoming more than, than what we are. And what you are right now is a business that is well north of the eighty million dollar mark. What what type of revenue? Uh, you're, I believe, you're in the nine figures, if I recall. What type of uh, revenue are you looking to do this year? Just in plumbing alone, we we're gonna hit close to thirty million um, overall in service. Okay. Line, we're gonna we're gonna do close to one hundred seventy million. Amazing! That's incredible. That's yeah, just huge and. Your coverage area is uh, a vast majority of the southeastern portion of the country. Uh, if I recall, Florida, Alabama, parts of Georgia, and I'm sure you're expanding from there. So uh, a massive market with a ton of huge metros in that area and all the opportunity in the world. And it's it's awesome to hear that you speak of that so favorably. And of course, the opportunities that not only afforded to you, uh, but to your team and those who are forthcoming to be on your team. And that's, of course, uh, some of the stuff that we want to talk about with you today. Uh, We're focusing on the topic around how to be uh, maximizing the call, making the most out of each call. Uh, Our podcast does have a ton of technician listeners, and so we always like to have elements or entire podcasts or at least parts of the show that are focused on those ears that are listening. And of course, everybody's running calls, you know, maybe at this time of year, not as many calls as we would like to be running, uh, depending on what market you're in. There's certainly been some downturn in the trades. I think that's pretty apparent at this point, uh, which makes it all the more important that you get the most out of every call. And I understand that you have kind of three keys uh, to making the most out of each call. So highlight or, or summarize those three keys for us, and then we'll jump into key one and dig in. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think um, this opportunity in every call, no matter what, you know, everybody um, looks uh, calls us, um, and we start judging the calls, right? Everybody does, right? But you know, when you're looking at the bright side, is 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 another opportunity. It doesn't matter if it's a warranty callback, um, service request, or a um, a BSA, or how we call it, uh, a plumbing inspection. Um, it doesn't matter every cause an opportunity, but everything starts with one thing. Everything starts with training. I'm a strong believer in training. I'm a strong believer in knowing your craft. And I'm a strong believer in going back. And we've been talking about for a while here, corporate has been talking about, um, I think Brian, you, you and I were talking about when we when we saw each other um, uh, last time, it's just going back to the basics. You know, you, you got to continue going back to the basics, you know, and not taking shortcuts. So training, 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 training on a daily basis um, is, is one of the most important things we can do as leaders in, in, in um, our technicians. You know, I was a technician myself, you know, and when I came to work for Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, um, we, we were coming to trainings and three times, four times a, a week and, and at the beginning, I was like, what the hell is this? You know, I, I just want to go and do some plumbing. And then it started clicking to me, you know, if I, if I try this thing they teach me, you know, uh, uh, what what is going to be the results? Uh, let, let me just try. And I started trying it over and over and over. And I fell many times, you know, and I redid it. And I fell many times and I redid it, you know, and they keep giving me feedback, training, training, training. I applied it. And, you know, back then, uh, as a technician, when I, when I was in the field, I did over a million dollars in sales back then. Uh, and that was almost with no installers, you know, to do the installations, you know, just by following the, the training. Yeah, you know, and based on today's mom, inflation rates, that's probably like $5 million. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no kidding. Um but, um, you know, I, I told my boss, you know, back then, his name was Paul Dollar, um, um, you know, if you're telling me if I follow these steps, um, I'm, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm going to make money. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, I'll, I'll, and I did for many, many years. Um, I had a great mentor as well. His name is Dan Chevette. He's a technician. He still works for me today. 
Um, and uh, he was amazing on the field um, by the book. And uh, I, I copy a lot from him, you know, so I owe him a lot of, of what I know. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, I just follow the steps. Um, and I continue training myself, continue going to training, continue going to to um, um, events, you know, learning from others. And, and, of course, surrounding yourself by people um, smarter than you, I think is very important. Yeah, that's not hard in Brian's case. He does that just naturally. <laughs> I do that when I'm alone somehow. <laughs> yeah, and I think, so, I, I think you know, training is one of those things that uh, is so easy to overlook. It's so easy to put by the wayside. You know, you, you, sometimes you slip into those cost-saving mentality and you're like, okay, well, let's, let's cut out training. We can't afford to trade in the guys. You know, we don't have enough calls as it is. And that's that's really to the detriment of the outcome of the call because that training, I you know, assuming that the training is is good and is structured and has you know an objective and is you know focused on actually developing the technicians, uh, which if you're not doing that, you need to revise your training schedule. Uh, but assuming that it's, it's high quality training, that's one of the most important things that you can be doing. I mean, why do you think quarterbacks, you know, watch so many hours of tape and, and the coaches and the defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, you know, they watch hours and hours and hours of tape as training. And then on top of that, they go and practice and practice and practice and practice all for what? To play a 60 minute game, like an entire week's worth of training to play a 60 minute game. And we've talked about it so many times before in the show, you know, we're completely opposite. We train for an hour to play a week's worth of games. Uh, and, and that's something that, you know, it, it can't be overlooked. Uh, there's always already so little amount of time and money invested in training to play that many games at once, uh, to, to take it out or, or to, you know, to get rid of it or hit the pause button. Uh, that could have dire effects towards your team. And so I love hearing you uh, not only speak encouragingly, but really double down on that as an element of success. Yeah, and if you really think about the the principle of the winner's edge, which they're usually Brian, I, I would I would uh, hear Brian Tracy talking about this a lot back in the day. Was was the principle of the winner's edge is if you're talking about a horse race, the horse that wins in in a you know picture, what do they call that? A picture finish, photo finish, where they actually have to look at the photo to see which horse won, could win by like a quarter of an inch and win a hundred times the prize money for the rider and, and the owner. And, you know, one goes on to be a champion and crowned and remembered in history forever. And the other one is forgotten and never heard of again. And it's the same in football. You know, oftentimes these huge games like a Super Bowl can come down to a running back just barely getting that ball over the line by an inch and winning the game for a two point conversion that puts them up one. And you know, the, the prize money difference there is it's lifelong. you got, you got a super bowl ring. You can go play for any team in the league. Now the, the money, the difference in the money you make is just, I don't even know that you can actually do the math on it. And, and just like the horse will win, I don't know, a hundred times the, the purse. It doesn't mean the horse is a hundred times better, right? That's the winner's edge. It doesn't mean that that running back was a hundred times better than that defense. It, it was a, a fraction of an inch better. And that's probably that usually comes down to a little bit more training, just being better, slightly better than a handful of things, or maybe slightly better at everything. And that is why, like Mario and I were talking about, uh, that were, that was here, right? In Arizona. I believe so. Where yeah, we were hanging right. out last time. Yeah. Yeah, that was there. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, at the uh, convention here. I was talking to somebody today who was like, yeah, everybody's all hyped about the conventions. And I'm, he's like, I don't think they're that big a deal. I'm like, bro, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> because if if you're not leaving with notepads full of notes from your conversations with other people, and, and it can be other people bigger, smaller, the same size, significantly smaller, like just having conversations with owners, managers that you run into there um, and other technicians, even when you're fortunate enough to do that, to hear what do you, to, for me to, to just ask the same question with everybody's like, what are you doing that's working? 
and, and scratching down the notes, you know, but that's like the convention and hanging out with guys like you, for me, that's one thing that's going to make me slightly better. And maybe that's going to get me just barely over that end zone line with the football when it counts is some one-off conversation that you and I had about training, but it's, uh, but that's why you go back to it. You go back to it to hone the skill and sharpen the edge, the slightest bit in some way that puts you over the finish line before, you know, maybe it's your competitor. Maybe you don't think in those terms, but to put you over the finish line as opposed to stopping just short of it. So that's what the training is for. So glad you brought that up, buddy. And and let's keep moving. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you on, on that. Um, and, you know, it's something that, that um, you both mentioned, you know, um, Nate, was talking about, um, um, you know, the sports, you know, I love using sports as an example of training, you know, um, using some, any elite is spending hours, a lifetime to play an hour game, you know, and you got to continue to train and build your skills in order to, to play a great game. Um, and another thing that you mentioned, Brian, was, um, um, you know, going to convention and talking to others, you know, people don't realize you, you, you can have um, direct or indirect training is how you want to take it, right? You know, in talking to others and learning from others, that's training for yourself, knowledge for yourself, so you can share about with your team, you know, and, 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 and again, you know, if you're just writing it down on, on a notepad and, and just putting it on the side after convention or after any event or or anything that you participate with um you know it's not gonna do no good you gotta share those notes you gotta share those experiences with others you know to have a a a a reward you know that's the ultimate goal right is is to to generate more revenue not just for the company for ourselves and our families right you know, in order to do that, we got to make sure that we don't skip the steps. You know, we got to make sure that, that we're doing the little things that nobody else likes to do the right way without skipping any steps. Yeah, I love that, Mario. And and so, you know, key one to making the most out of the call is, is training. Before we move on to key two, you mentioned something earlier about how you, when you first got there to an environment where training was a big piece of of the culture, you were like, what, what is this about? You know, kind of that cynical or sarcastic uh, approach. And if, if, you know, it's hard to imagine anybody who's listening to waste no day would have that viewpoint, but I suppose there might be some doubters out there. Perhaps this is the first time that they're tuning in and maybe they also have that type of like cynical view of training. Like, you know, I'm too good for this, or like, this is a waste of time. So speaking from your personal experience, how did you change your mind when you were a technician, when you were a plumber in the field? How did you change your mind and perspective on the value of training? Did you eventually start seeing the results or did did you have an epiphany? Did somebody slap you across the face? What was it that brought about the change where you started seeing not only the value in the training, but also uh, the value in the outcome the training was providing you? Yes, um, that's a great question. Um, to me, it was was again going back to Dan Chevette, um, that was a technician with me back then, and I rode with him so many times, and I and I saw him applying the training that he was learning on every single call. He's 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 he was so by the book, and he worked for him. Not only he was making more money for himself, he was building relationship with customers where customers were calling him back almost on a daily basis, repeat customers, you know? So, um, I, I mean, I just say, you know, I'm just going to try that. I, I, I got to do that. You know, he's making more money. He's building relationship. Customer continue to call them back. Um, he's happier, you know, when he's close to call and help somebody, you know, um, I, I got to try that, you know, and I continue to try that. Um, and I continue to, to do it. And, and, uh, I had to modify it so many times, um, the key was that um, I, I I continued to do it. I didn't give up, um, which um, um, at the beginning, of course, was hard. And I would go back and I said, "Well, this is this is not working for me. I just gotta gotta find the way that that's gonna work for me. My approach. Um, I had a I had a a, a um, I still have a a a 
a challenge, which is is I got a, a strong accent, so communication was difficult for me with customers at the time. Um, two things: I wanted to be accepted by them, and at the same time, I wanted to provide that same level of service that Dan was doing with his customers. Um, and and of course, the ultimate goal, you know, of course, I wanted to close every call, help the customer, and of course, help the company, help myself, and so on. And uh, I just didn't give up, and I continued doing it. I continue, I continue training. I continue, I, I continue just, you know, doing whatever I can, getting feedback, doing a lot of role playing. Um, I, I would role play with myself. I, I would role play with my wife. I would role play with Dan. You know, um, I, I just wanted to win. You know, and I feel like I was losing um, uh, Dan because uh, I, I see the other guys following the process, and and I'm. I'm I want to be better than that. I know I can do better than that. Um, so it, yeah, you know, I did it, and 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 it, it was like a light bulb. You know, after that, um, um, I didn't want to stay on the same position. After that, uh, my goal was just like Brian was saying, just be a little bit better than yesterday, every day, every day, every day. So if I'm hearing you right, you know, I'm a cynical tech, or I just don't believe in training. You're you're saying give it a chance, trust the process. Believe in the training. Let it actually affect you. Let you know. Start actually uh, bringing into your day, your call, elements of the training. Like, don't just sit there like a bump on a log, and you know, let it wash over you. Internalize it. Actually, do something about it. I mean, yeah, of course, training's not going to work if you just put it on like noise in the background, punch the time clock for thirty minutes, and then roll out. You have to actually sit there in a coachable mode. You have to be willing to learn, willing to listen, and then the most important part, willing to apply. Yeah, the willing to listen part is is uh, where some some people can get caught up because they're they're um they they kind of get the eyes glossing over during the training. Not my training, Nate's training, but they you know they kind of look like they like they didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, and and they're not. It's a very clear sign that they're not engaging with the training. And I've been through some pretty boring trainings in my day. And, you know, my, by far my all-time favorite trainer is Brian Tracy. And I, I force him upon anyone I'm training. Like you've got to dig into Brian Tracy. And I, what's the same reaction I get every time, Nate Minnick? Oh man, I don't need none of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He's so dry. He's so monotone. I like, you know, Grant Cardone. He's more fun. Uh, um, uh, Eric, uh, I can't remember his last name right Thomas. now. But, you know, the more charismatic guys, the more energetic guys, the Eric Thomas, yeah. E.T. They're, they're hype guys, and, they're, and they're, they are more fun to listen to, and they have some, some great content. But if you want someone who's going to, while you're in the, the seat of your truck and you've gone through all the Waste No Day episodes three or four or 15 times and then left us a nice review uh with every phone in your house even your kids <laughs> then you you listen to something like Brian Tracy because what he's going to do is he's going to help you build from scratch your presentation this is what he did for me he helped me not just like create my presentation but put things in my presentation that even today when I train things I was doing in like 2006 they're they blow people's mind. They're like game changers for people. And it's the result of, I've heard all of Brian Tracy's stuff over and over and over again. Like I'm, um, if I listen to a Brian Tracy audio book right now, it's going to be the fifth or sixth to to 30th or 40th time I've heard it. So I'm not hearing anything really new. Now I'm, I'm listening again and I'm just having the opportunity to really like get creative with the things I'm hearing. And this is where you want to get to the stuff that he trains and and good trainers train is it can get pretty high level and that can make it feel boring. But if you're really trying to engage in it and trying to take the material and apply it to what you're going to do in your truck today, it's life-changing. I mean, people have put hundreds to thousands of hours into, um, to tens of thousands of hours, even into, crafting the training that will help you craft a presentation or 
your financial situation or your home life or whatever it is you're listening to or reading or studying so that you can make life as perfect as you can possibly make it, you know, foregoing unforeseen circumstances that you can't control. So, and I was training a group of awesome electricians here in, in Phoenix this morning, hanging out with some uh, guys at the, at Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Sparky, Aaron Hagen's uh, Phoenix, Mr. Sparky's Dustin Seaton, who's the vice president of operations was, is here in town. And I want to give a couple of these guys shout outs because I, I just had such a good time with them this morning. Uh, Kyle, Jerry, Ian, um, Daniel, man, I wish I could remember all their names. I'm sure I'll remember once I'm once we're off Omar, <laughs> just great dudes. And as I'm training these guys, uh, they're just, they're nodding, they're hungry, like they're loving it. Um, but I'm keeping it pretty entertaining, right? I, I know how, how quickly I'll fall asleep to someone's training, no matter how good the training is. Like you have to, for me, you kind of have to keep it on that level of entertaining. So I'm going to make a couple jokes at my own expense or Nate's expense and you know just keep things alive but i i really feel like you have to mix in some things like a, a brian tracy type trainer that's high level and super smart and not necessarily scratching your entertainment itch but force yourself into things like that where you're it's not that fun it's not that comfortable but it's the stuff that you're going to learn the most from and training is the exact same way so don't you don't have to feel like doing it you just have to do it nobody in the nfl is going to tell you they love practice right it's the least fun part of their job they're getting hurt while they're not even on tv oftentimes they're beating their body just obliterating their body mind they're getting sick in the heat and like dude this torture it's literal torture to get to their level and we don't have to get to that level, but you, but we got to get to a level. Like you've got to carve out your own time to get better. Listening to this show. That's a great start. It's just putting you way ahead of the pack nationally because most technicians, managers, owners don't have time for things like this, please. They're, they're busy. And when they're not, they're on social media or whatever, screwing around. Um, so just starting with that is putting you ahead of the pack, but you really got to carve out personal time to get better. Like Mario said, he's role-playing with his wife. He's role-playing with his old mentor to find people who will do that with you. And oftentimes we say the spouse or someone at home, because most people in your life aren't going to give you that time. <laughs> they got stuff going on and your success. I know you hate to hear it. Not that important to them. You're in charge of that. So you got to get that figured out, but your spouse, your significant other, your kids, they're going to care about your success because it directly impacts them. So use it. All right. So, so key number one, focus on training, believe in training, apply training. Where do we go from there, Mario? Uh, we, we, we go to discipline from, from there, right. You know, just like we're talking about training um, and, and I want to mention something something else about training because this this is uh most of our branch managers most of our managers most of operations managers gms and and so on that uh we we talk with visit and and, and we share you know a lot of information between each other but th there's always one thing in common right you know um training is not effective and one of the reasons why is because that they they don't get prepared they they want their technicians to close every call. They want their technicians to do the best as they can with every call, generate, upsell, and do things like that. But they're not willing to invest their own time preparing for the proper training. It, it takes at least four to six hours to build a one-hour training. And before um, um, delivering that training, you should get prepared, learn, you know, um, you know, just know know exactly what you you expect and everybody to to learn, and what is the expectations that the that you want to get out of that training from from you people. You know, once you continue doing that, right, you gotta create that discipline. That's why I, I love I love discipline. You know, it's 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 like going to the gym. 
right? And and most people expect that um, I'm gonna get get in shape in a week, right? But we know this 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 is gonna take time before you start seeing a different in your body. You know, is we know that you gotta eat different. We know that you gotta continue changing your exercises. And, and same thing with with what we do in business. You know. Um, you gotta discipline yourself. You gotta hold yourself accountable to learn the craft. You gotta um, continue doing it over and over and over and over again until it becomes a a just part of your routine, part of your life. Um, it's not so much a a task. It's something that you enjoy doing, right? Um, I, you know, I, I love. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys read this book um, by David Goggins. You can hurt me. Um, great book. Um, if he, if he, um, you're doing stuff that you don't like doing, but if you continue doing it, you can see the transformation of it. You know, so um, yeah, discipline. Um, discipline for me is is very important with everything that we do in business, in the field, in the office. In, in the warehouse and in, in, you know how we deliver the part into the job side you know it's, it's everything so I hear what you're saying there Mario and you know discipline is one of those things that uh, everybody likes to talk about you know like oh yeah you got to have discipline but then when it comes to actual real world life application uh, in the privacy of your own home in the privacy of your own life and specifically in the privacy of your own calendar, the determination becomes far less apparent, right? And the priority levels start dropping pretty quickly because discipline by nature is something that we look to avoid. I mean, from from the very beginnings of our lives, you know, discipline is a word that we don't like. It has generally negative connotations behind it. You know, it you do something wrong, you get disciplined. Uh, you know, you, you hear your mom say like, you have to do your homework. It's a discipline of being a better student. Uh, you hear your dad say like, you know, go out and mow the yard. When I was a boy, you know, I didn't have the same luxury you did have a little discipline in your life. Right. And like, it, it's just this negative messaging over and over and over. So no surprise that when we, when we enter adulthood, uh, that somebody talks about discipline and we're like, all right, so any other ideas about how I can get better? So, I mean, it, you know, from your perspective, Mario, you're a disciplined guy. I know you, you enjoy some time at the gym and obviously you had to be disciplined in your career to rise to the ranks as you did. What was it that clicked in your mind? Maybe you always were that disciplined guy and, you know, you were God's gift to <laughs> mankind when it came to being responsible and not having uh, any problems with it. But what was it in your mind that clicked and you just said like, okay, I know this is hard but I'm willing to do hard things. I, I know this is not what I want to do, but I know I have to do it to get what I actually want. It was definitely my grandfather, you know, um, the reason why uh, I have so much discipline and, you know, everything that I do today, everything that I, that I continue to do. And um, um, it literally changed my life. Um, so um, it's, this is a funny story, not so funny, but my my grand I, I needed I was going to college and my and I needed money for, to buy books. My um I, I think the total about you know it was like close to five hundred dollars by then you know that I needed you know to buy books for for college. And um I went to my grandfather um which I know he was very wealthy you know about then and um and I asked him um um yeah, can you please help me out um to buy this book. I don't have the, the money right now, but I promise you I'll pay you back. Um, and uh, he was like, sure, no problem. Uh, he reached out to his pocket and pulled out a $5 bill. And I was looking at him and I was like, "What's? give me $5. He knows that I, it's over $500. So, you know, I handed $5 back to him and I said, here, you, know, you need this more than I do. I went out. And I figured it out. I got the money. I bought the books. I was so mad at him for years. Years later, we're talking. Um, I'm talking to my grandfather. And I'm telling him the story of what happened then. And he remembered exactly what he did. And he told me, 
you figure it out, right? You, you bought the books. And I say, yeah. Uh, and he then he told me this and, and always carry over with me. Never expect anybody to do anything for you. You can do it yourself. And I tell you, it just changed my life. You know, uh, it, it, it give me discipline, you know, and I know like, like you mentioned, Nate, the word discipline has got such a bad reputation, but it's the way that, that you look at it, right? It's the way that you, you use it. You know, some people use it as a bad approach. Some others use it as a positive approach. Um, and it's how we receive the information and what do we want to do with that information. So if I'm a tech in the field listening to this podcast and I, I hear you say, okay, one of the keys to, to maximizing my calls is to have discipline. I mean, that's a pretty wide breadth in terms of what that can mean uh, for a tech in the field. Where would you say is a great place to start if you had to narrow down like, all right, man, you could have discipline in 3,000 different areas of your life. But as a technician in the field right now, if you don't have discipline in this area, you're missing out. What would be your answer? Um, well, first of all, you know, discipline starts with training, right? So you got to continue doing the training, believe in the training and applying the training, you know, uh, uh, how to run a service call, how to run a maintenance call, how, how to how to um, uh, communicate well with customer, how to present options, you know. Do you know the technical aspect of it? Are you educated with 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 um, the benefit of a, a water heater, of a water treatment? So you got to get educated and, and learn all this information so you can deliver that information to your consumers, to your customers, or, you know, to anybody that you're presenting, um, they want to buy from you. Um, so, and, 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 you know, it's, it's going to take personal time as well. It's not, you cannot expect only that the company is going to do everything for you. You know, they're giving you the resources. You got to be able to invest your personal time on it if you want to succeed on it. And again, you know, training, follow up on the training, right? Your notes down, follow up on your notes, get disciplined about the information that, that is going to help you uh, run um, in close um, service calls or, or any call, um, even even personally, right? It's going to help you personally get get in discipline. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, it it does. And I think another area of that discipline that you know is easy to overlook is is your process on the call, right? We've talked about this a time or two. We had Jay uh, Jason Walker on, you know, who went over snipping up your process into a thousand different pieces, and before you know it, you don't all you have is confetti. And especially, you know, when when we've gone through three years of of surplus calls and everybody's buying and everybody's calling and you know everything's great, it's easy to get lazy. It's it's easy to cut corners, um, you know, not not in a, a non integrity way, but in just like you're not doing the the best presentations, you're not doing you know the fullest amount of customer service because you don't have to. Like, you know, it's the same thing that the automakers have just gone through. They didn't they didn't have to give you all the bells and whistles on cars because there was such a shortage in the auto market that people were overpaying on used cars. They were overpaying. I mean, for the first time in probably history, you could buy a new car for less than a used car. And like, you know, so in, in that type of market, it's easy to cut corners. And so you get a bunch of fat, lazy, happy uh, salespeople. And in our case, fat, lazy, happy technicians, plumbers, and electricians uh, who've been cutting corners along the way. And Brian just mentioned this in one of our previous podcasts, but like, it's time to wake up, you know, and part of that is the discipline to recognize that what was is not what will be, right? The three years of surplus that we've just gone through perhaps is now the three years of famine that we're about to go through. And, and I don't want to project negativity or, or say that the sky is falling at all, but it is a matter of discipline to look down and say, mm, boy, the, the old belt isn't quite as loose as it used to be. Maybe I should get back to the gym. Maybe should I, maybe I should cut that fifth cookie out uh, for dessert, you know, tonight. And, and to start paying attention to the things that you've let slide, and take them back. Take control of the things that you've surrendered, that you've given up, that you're no longer disciplined on, and refocus in those areas to say no longer. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, that was a, a way. Uh, a great way to put it, um, Nate. Um, 
yeah, you know, it's a lifestyle. Discipline is a lifestyle, you know, and, and you got to continue to do it, to do so. Um, even sometimes, you know, um, but that's a good point there with discipline being a lifestyle. It's like, it's really difficult. Um, personally, I find it really difficult to remain disciplined out, you know, quote unquote at work doing what I do for a living when I let my physical discipline side fail or when I'm not as disciplined being the husband or father that I want to be. And it's like all these things flow together and work together. So it's really difficult to be very successful in one area and be a total failure in, in all the other areas. Or maybe you can be successful in one area because you devote yourself fully to it, but then you're not living a great, uh, really well-rounded life when you become like a one trick pony, you have this thing figured out and don't do the rest of them. Well, life is just so much better when you're disciplined in all areas, all, and all that really means discipline, doing what you know you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it, just doing what needs to be done right here, right now. That's pretty much what discipline is. Yeah. That's a great segue, Brian. And so kind of recapping here, you know, key number one, training, focus on it, believe in it, apply it. Key number two, discipline in all areas of life and specific to this podcast in terms of applying the training, believing in the training, applying it into the field, making sure that your process is dialed in, taking back control of those areas. Wrap us up with key number three, Mario, to make the most out of our calls. You got to have consistency on everything that you do. Um, it's going back to the basics that we've been talking about it so much, right? Uh, and, and keeping the consistency of following the steps, running every service call exactly the same way. As a company, um, it's funny that uh, that um, a lot of, of, of the internal employee that will request in a specific technician to go do a work for a family member or uh, for themselves. Um, I'm a strong believer that we should send the same technician with the same quality, the same knowledge, and the same um, expectation. Doesn't matter who it is, right? But you got to believe in it, right? You got to have the consistency. Each one of you employees and managers, uh, you know, especially managers, they got to have that consistency of following the steps, holding themselves accountable. Um, to make sure the technicians believe in the training, the discipline, and they are consistent on the way they're running every service call. You know, uh, offering water treatment in, in every call. Why do you believe in, tr- in water treatment? Uh, it's just as simple as BioBand. I'm a strong believer in BioBand. You know, a, a lot of te- technicians, don't, they don't even offer it, but there's so many benefits that the customers can have out of it. But just offering or bringing a bottle inside the house on every call, cons- consistent, you know, um, you know um, when you on call, this is a perfect example. You know, when, when you on call, I did it myself when I was in the field. You know, I'm not saying anything that I haven't done myself. You know, I was on call and, 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 you know, I was tired. I was beat up. So I was trying to rush through the process. Well, guess what? You know, I'm driving an hour there. I'm driving an hour back home. I better help that customer. I better make some money. So I'm going to run the call exactly the same if it was 8 a.m. in the morning. You know, so it's just the little things that nobody likes to do. You got to have consistency on it. And I guarantee you, you'll win. And I always say this. You know, without discipline, you you will never start, and without consistency, you will never finish. So you got to have both. You have have to have all three, but mainly discipline and consistency. You know, after you you applied that training, uh, Mario, I hear what you're saying, and I want to I want to take a guess at this. I would assume the answer is probably the same, but when you were a tech, you probably fell out of consistency a time or two and had to either pull yourself out by your bootstraps or have somebody kick you back into place. Now that you're behind a desk and you're coaching others and, and, and mentoring and bringing awareness to others and training, you probably see guys who are also experiencing inconsistency or who are running their calls, their lives, their, their trucks in an inconsistent manner. Is the answer the same for both you as a tech and what you would tell a tech now 
that you're you know so much farther ahead? Do you reflect back upon this is what I did when I found myself being inconsistent? Or have you come up with a new way that you found to be better that you apply to now people that you see are, are experiencing inconsistency? That's a great question, Nate. Um, I, I, I believe in the same system. You know, it's, it's, it's like the way that we run a service call today is the way that we ran a service call 20 years ago, right? With the same process, the seven superstar strategies, you know, how to run a service call, the A step of how to run a service call, and, and so on. It's the same way today. Um, the only thing that changes technology, you know, um, that's to me, that's, you know, so, so yeah, I can only speak, um, for my experiences and, and, and share that, um, um, with everybody else. Um, so, um, I get their feedbacks, you know, and I, and I, I ask a lot of questions to my technician. Why they do it like this? Why they did it like that? Same thing with my, with my branch managers and, and my regional managers. Um, I want them to, to recognize what they did wrong themselves, um, without me telling them, this is what works for me. You know, what works for me might not work for you, but it might give you a map on how to get better at it and not make the same mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's something, um, that you, you learn more as you step out of a truck and, and you take, uh, you take ownership over a team or, or over, you know, um, a peer group or something like that, where you have to be adaptable, right? Consistency doesn't necessarily look the same uh, for everybody. And it's also not applied the same for everybody. Um, there, there, you know, it's, we talk about this, uh, Mike, our, our uh, vice president of marketing and communications, like he runs our call center. And we talk often about the, the skeleton of how to take a call. There's absolute elements, you know, one, two, three, four, five, that must be hit every single time when you answer that phone. But then there's a lot of flesh and tissue and muscles and, 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 you know, tendons that you can put on that skeleton to make it your own flair, to make it your own, uh, your own way of doing things, your personality, your, your, your bent towards customers and whatever. As long as you have the skeleton there, we're good, right? We have that consistency. You know, the flair and the personality, whatever you bring into it, great, you know, be adaptable and change to the client. That's fantastic. Uh, but when it comes to making sure that you have the key elements there, consistency is so critical. And and making sure that even if you're coaching people or you're mentoring people, or even if you're just talking to your buddy in a truck, you know, while you're driving down the road to your next call, his consistency might look a little bit different than than yours. It might have a little bit of different flair to it. But at the end of the day, you both need to be honoring the fact that consistency is a key to the best outcomes of any call and dialing in what are the things that are supposed to be there is a definite way to make sure that that is happening and happening well. Yeah, good time to plug Weldon Long's book, The Power of Consistency, which I know the three of us have read. Yes, and, sir. And uh, a couple buddies of mine in the trades are reading it right now um, and just telling me how awesome it is. It's a real, man, it's a great lesson on how powerful, like doing what you know you should be doing over and over, having your process um, and just being consistent, showing up over and over again is because wherever you're at listening to this, you ain't in prison. <laughs> and that's where Weldon Long started with that book, man, and learning well, hey, let's you know, let's not limit our audience here, Brian. There might be some WebD <laughs> listeners out there. Uh, if so, please leave a review and make make, make your username WebD in cell WebD in cell block C. Oh, this has been good, Mario, and and just you know, highlighting those three things again. Key number one: focus on that training. Key number two: make sure that you have discipline. And key number three bring the consistency into your world. Uh, good stuff today. As we bring in things, bring things in for landing here, if people are interested in learning more about you or about service minds, about plumbing, whatever it is, where's a great place to find you? Yeah, you can find me in LinkedIn. At the Authority Brands Convention uh, in uh, the first week of November. What's up? I'll see you there, buddy. Orlando. <laughs> I will see you there, man. I'm only a drive away, you know. Um, got my email. My email is marty.martinez at serviceminds.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, you know, I follow, I follow, um, waste no day. Um, I follow you guys. So, 
um, in Facebook and social media and things like that. Um, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm not a big social media guy, honestly. Um, I do have a LinkedIn account. I get a Facebook account and so on. But, yeah, anytime, you know, um, um, they can reach out to Brian, Nate. You know, you guys can give them my information, and I'll be more than happy to, to help anybody. Awesome. Well, as we close out the podcast here, uh, one final question I have for you. You mentioned at the start of this that you're a third-generation plumber. Inquiring minds need to know, is there going to be a fourth Martinez in the plumbing trade? Well, my son is, uh, he's 14 years old now and, and, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, he wants to, um, he wants to be an MMA fighter. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> hey, it's real close to plumbing. You know, it's right there. <laughs> oh man. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a smart kid, but, um, you know, he's into fitness and, and, uh, um, martial arts. So, Whatever makes him happy. You what, know, is he, what does he practice? 100%. I'm sorry? What martial arts is he into? Right right now, he's just started um, MMA fighting um, classes so um, and uh, wrestling. Oh, nice. Okay. That's yeah, great. That's a good one to start with, yeah. wrestling. Wrestling. I think rex, rex, wrestling, boxing, jiu-jitsu are probably the big three to, yeah. to do if you want to do MMA. Kickboxing, yeah. I'm sure, helps, like Muay Thai, stuff like that. All right. Anyway, no, no, uh, <laughs> MMA tangents here. Let's go, Nate. <laughs> well, well, Hey, thanks so much for being with us today, Mario. I love the simplicity of those three keys. And as we're in perhaps a slower time in the trades, it's always good to go back to the basics and look at three things that can really affect the outcome of your call. Thanks so much for being with us today and sharing that for all. Yeah. Great to finally have you on my man. I can't wait to see you again in, uh, Orlando in november and can't wait to have you on on here again always a good time definitely this has been a great pleasure guys thank you sorry it took so uh so long um and i will see you hopefully i'll see you guys here um soon in convention see you buddy hey that's a wrap for this podcast we hope that you enjoyed your time with mario some really great uh and simple takeaways there focusing on the elements of consistency of discipline and of course training if you're tech in the field, I would really encourage you to make sure that you have an open mind to those things and that you are perhaps getting back into the habits if you slipped out of them or forcing yourself into them if it's ones that you haven't started before. If you're sitting behind a desk, perhaps it's time for you to take up some new habits yourself and to draw your team into focusing on those three simple and yet effective keys to making sure you make the most out of every single call. Uh, if you're interested in learning more from Mario, he provided his information. We can also connect you. Uh, if you're in the uh, southeastern portion of the country and uh, you're not in the service mines area, uh, I'm sure they'd love to talk to you as well. Uh, but for, for what we have today, it was a great podcast and we sure hope that you enjoyed it. Make sure that you're leaving us a review and some comments to let us know what you thought about the show. And of course, any guests that you'd like to hear in the future, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to leave you now with our weekly challenge, which is the same every single week to choose to wake up each morning and waste no day. <laughs>